Would you stand if you're able and join me in the call to worship? May the glory of the Lord endure forever. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. To sing of the glory of God is also to recognize how far short we fall of God's will for us. Let us, therefore, pray together our prayer of confession. Almighty God, you poured your spirit upon gathered disciples, creating bold tongues, open ears, and a new community of faith. We confess that we hold back the force of your spirit among us. We do not listen for your word of grace, speak the good news of your love, or live as a people made one in Christ. Have mercy on us, O God. Transform our timid lives by the power of your spirit, and fill us with a flaming desire to be your faithful people, doing your will for the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us.
Good morning. It's a beautiful spring day, a delightful day uh, to celebrate God's gift to us of, of nature, of finally, maybe, finally. It's been April showers bring May showers, kind of, hasn't it? But maybe summer is getting close here. We can celebrate that indeed. You've got that um, happenings thing with all kinds of stuff in there um, telling you about what's coming up, but let me draw your attention to a few things. Uh, young adults and older high school students, uh, there's a special discussion group that's forming this summer um, called uh, Directions. It's a place to talk about your future, where you're headed, and uh, love to have you be a part of that. Paul Ryman is kind of uh, putting that together. Uh, give Paul a call or email him or whatever. If you don't know how to get a hold of him, you can check with me and we'll make sure you get connected. Also, next week is that classic All Music Sunday that's been happening here at Yorkfield since well, a long time ago. And there's still an uh, opportunity for folks, uh, we have, this is kind of your last day or so, to let me know if you can, if you uh, have some music that you would like to share, a song, um, please let me know and, and you'll be a part of Music Sunday. We'll have a number of, in addition to the choir and uh, the band and the bells, uh, also uh, a number of other instruments and voices will be uh, represented next week. should be a great time. Uh, in two weeks, and I think we may have the wrong date on there, not July the 14th, but June the 14th, uh, is a congregational meeting. Is that right? Oh, golly. Yeah, don't, July the 14th is a Tuesday. So <laughs> on uh, June the 14th, two weeks, Congregational meeting, we're going to do it in between the services, so, so it'll be like a really, really short sermon that day. You'll, you'll want to be here for that. And then, uh, so in between the services, we'll be electing elders and deacons, and um, they'll have a chance for a Q&A. The annual report uh, is actually ready for you now. It's in your mailboxes out here, um, and if you don't have a mailbox, just grab one if you're visiting with us. You want to find out what life has been like the last year at Yorkfield. There are also annual reports out here at the Welcome Center. Uh, as well. Then just to draw your attention to uh, a few things that are coming up this summer, um, there's something brand new. Um, the Morton Arboretum is, uh, they've been hosting, they just started doing this I think last year, what they call a theater hike. It's not really very long, it's like a mile I understand, but you go and you gather, it'll be on a Sunday afternoon, uh, June the 28th, and you, people come and act for you and then you all move to another spot. Is that right, John? And then they do a little more acting, and then you hike off to another little spot, and they do a little acting. And I guess you could carry lawn chairs with you or whatever, rather than if you wanted to stand. So we're um, gathering a bunch of folks to do that, June 28th. Then uh, the run for hunger is getting really serious right now, um, and it's a good time. If you would like to volunteer, you'll see on that little tear-off tab. So we'd love to know ahead of time if you can be a part of that day uh, and help out. We would love to know that. Coming up at the end of July. And then all church camp, the end of August, August 20, 21st to the 23rd. It's a, it's a wonderful opportunity to, uh, uh oh, to do something like camp. See, so all church camp takes place not here. We, we don't do that in Fellowship Hall, but we do it on the shores of lovely. Uh, Lake Michigan, up in Saugatuck at the Presbyterian camps there. It's a beautiful site. It starts on a Friday evening and goes through Sunday as long as you would like it to go on Sunday. Uh, Bill? 
Bill, Bill, Bill Shepard and family have been going to Saugatuck for some time, and I see you look like you're already ready to go, aren't you? Snorkel. Is that what it's saying, sir? Snorkel. Snorkel. Okay, Bill, but Bill, there's a whole bunch else going on. We gather on Friday night. You know, we have the pizza. We get to know each other a little bit. Snorkel. But then Saturday, Saturday morning, we, you know, we get up, we have breakfast, and then we, you know, the adults have their special kind of study time. I'll be doing that this year. And then the, the kids are separated off. They have their own little time in the morning together. We have lunch. And then, yes, well, yeah, but you could kayak, you could swim, you could climb Mount Baldy, you could probably golf, you could do, there's all kinds of stuff. Going to Saugatuck and go shopping, buy artwork. Snorkel. Okay. All right. But you got Saturday afternoon, snorkel. But then Saturday night, bonfire, skits, music, <laughs> midnight snorkel. <laughs> Sunday morning, worship on the beach. Beautiful. And then we have lunch, and that's kind of the end of the official time. But people snorkel. All right, right. And you could stay as long as you want to on Sunday and come back when you want, but uh, officially over then. School's the next day. So lots of snorkeling. Thank you for sharing with us snorkeling hopes and dreams. Though it doesn't actually look like it, today's Pentecost. <laughs> it's that day in the life of the church when we celebrate the birthday of the church. And um, it also is a day as we gather, um, if you're visiting with us, just to let you know, it's a day when we are obviously celebrating Holy Communion together. It's not our private meal. It's, it's Christ's meal, and you are welcome at this table. It's also a day to receive new members. So I'm going to ask um, the wards if they would come up at this time. Now it's interesting, um, Chris and Amanda come, we'll just have you kind of stand here and face that way, and dressed for Pentecost too, very appropriate. Um, in John's Gospel, as Jesus, just before he ascends to, to go back to heaven, he tells his disciples, he says, I must go so that I can send to you the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, which is what happens at Pentecost. And Advocate has those undergirding uh, tones of, I'm going to send a lawyer to you. I'm going to send an attorney, and, and has actually sent us too. So uh, we welcome the, the wards here. They've been worshiping with us for a while. They've come to us from... Uh, most recently, Los Angeles to Chicago, and it's a joy to have them here. They've uh, endured a few uh, orientation sessions. They've met with our August group of elders, and they come now to be um, to join our fellowship here. So as they do that, I'm going to ask you some questions, and then um, uh, an elder will ask you, the congregation, some questions as well. Do you now publicly 
declare once again your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, do you? Do you renounce evil and affirm your reliance on God's grace, do you? And will you actively participate in the worship, fellowship, mission, and government of the church, will you? Do we, the members of Yorkfield Presbyterian Church, agree to accept these new members, Christopher and Amanda Ward, as brother and sister in Christ? Do we? We do. Will we seek to show them the hospitality of Christ and together worship and work for the coming of Christ's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven? Will we? We will. Let us pray. Gracious, loving God, we thank you for Christopher and Amanda, whom you have brought into the fellowship of your church here at Yorkfield. Empower them to now use the gifts that you have given them to build up your church and to be bearers of your truth and light in the world. Nurture them through your Holy Spirit to battle against the forces of evil in this world and give them an ever-increasing sense of your presence and eternal love and fellowship among us here at Yorkfield. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Congregation, you may be seated. We have a couple of gifts for you. First of all, we like to give every new uh, member in the church a Presbyterian handbook. Have you seen this before? You notice it's John Calvin wearing shades. Uh, this is a very helpful thing. It tells you um, what to do if people you know, wear flippers to worship. And there's lots of really helpful stuff. What to bring to a potluck by region. So it's different in California, you know. And uh, they're especially, make, you know, pay attention to this black edge page, which is warning, uh, it may take multiple readings and time. This is to understand predestination. And then how to share that with your friends and neighbors here on the other, right next to that. So we'll give you that. We also have some t-shirts from Classic Run for Hungers. Some for you, some for the kids. Hopefully they'll fit uh, from 2007 and 2008. And there's some certificates of membership that our uh, calligrapher is putting together, and you should find those shortly. And uh, it's my job, because I've failed to do this recently, to take a picture of you also. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Oh, there it went. Here we go. Your official welcome to Yorkfield picture. Excellent. We welcome you. All right. Children of the congregation, would you join me for our lesson together? I think we're going to gather over here today. Right this way. I know, I'm pretty scary, but come on, it just, you just have to risk it. Roger's coming up. Okay. None. Ooh, that I can use somebody for a child today. Come on up, George. You've been waiting to do this all these years. <laughs> You know, when I made fun of George a few weeks ago, I, I forget what the context was, I, I referred to him as being 110. You took me aside the next week and chastised me and told me you were really 120. Wasn't that, was, that was right. Okay, well, no children's lesson for today. Here we go. Let me give you these guys. Okay. But let me borrow somebody for a children's lesson. We're going to borrow Mr. Kim right here. All right. Come over here, buddy. Now, 
Tim, what do you notice different about the, uh, the sanctuary? What looks different today? Can you tell anything? I'm standing up here. You're standing here? <laughs> You're frightened, right? No, red. That's right. We have red up here on the, on the, up on the uh, chancel area, beautiful red. We have red on the uh, communion table. I got some red on myself. Our new members wearing red. You wore red. You anticipated this moment. Why do you think that might be? What, what do we think of that's red in the world? Blood. That's true. The blood, and we might think about that, and, and Jesus shed his blood for us, but Pentecost. Remember that story, how that goes? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on Pentecost, there was this great rush of wind. All the the disciples were gathered in this place together, and you know, Jesus had gone. They'd been waiting 50 days or so since... Easter, and what's going to happen next? And he said he was going to send this advocate, but the advocate hasn't shown up. And they're in this room, and there's this huge rush of wind. And then um, it says that, that, that little flames, like tongues of fire, hung over their heads. Um, flames of fire. Like, come over here. We're going to practice this. Imagine this was you. This is not quite the same, but we're going to do this. Give this a try. Imagine a little flame over your head like that. Yeah. And following you around. That happened to all those folks in that room, that, uh, that Pentecost, that first birthday of the church. What do we think of when we think of fire? Serious stuff, right? And... Uh, we talk about fire in the belly or, or passion, and we say somebody is fired up. That was the day that the disciples of Christ really became fired up. And, and it's often a sign that the Holy Spirit is present in our lives when we're fired up, when we have the fire in us that's excited about sharing the good news. As they did that day, they went out and just began to speak in Jerusalem, the rest of, of Israel, and then beyond to all the corners of the world, that, that fire inside them. It's usually a bad sign when Christians are going, oh, man, man, man. how do you feel about your faith? Well, it's kind of, you know, sort of okay. When we're excited, when, we, when the Holy Spirit is in our lives, we are excited to share what's happened, what's going on, what is the good news. All right. So thank you. Can I go to <laughs> I think you've earned it. <laughs> thank you, Tim. All right. All right.
our scripture lesson today is that story of Pentecost from Acts 2. You can find it on page 119 in the New Testament section of your pew Bibles. Let's pray together. Lord, as you sent your Holy Spirit on that Pentecost to share the good news, might your Holy Spirit be with us right now as we read the good news. Enliven our hearts. Place fire in our bellies to hear, to understand, and to act. Amen. It says that when that day of Pentecost had come, The disciples were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now, there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem at that time, and at this sound, the crowd gathered, and and it was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it then that we hear each of us in our own native language, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they're filled with new wine. But Peter standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk as you suppose, for it's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above, and signs in the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood, before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then... Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of the Lord. It says that suddenly from heaven there came a sound like this rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Now that should ring some bells for us, that wind. Whenever you're reading in the Bible, when it talks about wind or breath or spirit, it's all the same word in Greek, pneuma, where we get pneumatic from, or pneumonia, um, pneuma, the spirit. 
Remember from the very beginning of, of, the, of the Bible, in Genesis, it says that, that the Spirit of God, that, that pneuma of God, hovered over the waters, the waters of chaos. That was the beginning of creation. And then that Spirit separated the waters, and creation began. Not long after that, it says that, that God, after forming you know, the first man, then you know, it's just this lump of earth, and God breathes into the body of the man, and there's life. Again, that, that breath, that wind, that spirit is there. Now, for readers of this who knew their Old Testament, they're saying, Clearly, what? Here is another wind, another breath, another spirit from God doing another new thing, creating the church, this new community, brand new, from the very first on this day of Pentecost. That's what the Holy Spirit does, this pneuma of God, this spirit, this breath of God. It's at the heart of every new thing that God creates, bringing order out of chaos and giving life. It's at the heart of every new creation, bringing order out of chaos and bringing new life. As one scholar said, Pentecost celebrates that day the Holy Spirit of God came upon the church in power for the first time. And like the breath in our lungs, if we did not have the Holy Spirit now, the church would die. It would die. When it goes on, a passage and says, all of them, all of those folks that were there, the, the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit, as Tim and I were talking, and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them ability. See, at Pentecost, it was one of the big festivals of the church. Again, 50 days after, not Easter in that case, or for the Jews, but but after Passover. And it was a, a hope in, in the life of every Jew that you could make it at least once in your lifetime to one of the great festivals, if, if not Passover, that you could make it to the Feast of Booths or tab Tabernacles. And, and so you can see that there are pilgrims that have come from all over the world. You heard as far away as Rome. Can you imagine 2,000 years ago what that journey would have been like? <coughs> they've come from Egypt. They've come from all over the place. And they're there to celebrate this festival, and they hear this commotion of, of this, all of these guys, and probably some women as well that were in that upper room, and they are speaking about the great power of God in Christ, and they're doing it in their home languages. Not in the Koine Greek, that would have been the language of the world, not in uh, the Latin of the Romans, not even in the ancient Hebrew or Aramaic, but in their languages from back home. They say, in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. Think about how the different ways that the Holy Spirit might have shown up, that might have first made himself manifest among the disciples. Could have done some great cosmic sort of event in the heavens. Um, could have given the disciples other gifts. The disciples could have started you know, doing miracles on the spot. 
They could have been, you know, feeding the 5,000. They could have been healing people. They could have been, you know, um, doing all kinds of miracles. And eventually some of them do get those gifts and do that. But that's not how the Holy Spirit comes initially. No. The first act of the coming of the Holy Spirit is language. Language. <coughs> to enable everyone to hear, to hear the gospel, everyone in their own language, gathering all who are divided into one community. You know, if you've visited a foreign land, it can be really fun. It can be to be in a country where, you know, English is not the spoken language, and maybe they're not speaking it at all where you are. And it can be really, it can be, as you walk down the street and you hear everybody speaking a language that you don't understand, it can be exciting, right? It can be kind of that exotic feeling, it's a, and, it, and I'm on an adventure. But if you find yourself in a pinch or a bind, um, and you need help, maybe, all of a sudden, it can be pretty lonely. It can be very frustrating if you're in a foreign land and you can't communicate. We were in uh, Tijuana a few years back on a work trip. And before that, we, we, had, you know, we had taken kind of our own translator. Steve Coney would go with us, and, and Steve was in the construction biz, so you know, he, he could converse really well in Spanish. The only problem is when Steve, Steve gets excited, he starts speaking Italian. But, but, uh, <laughs> But this particular time we went and we didn't have Steve and we had another wonderful young woman who had taken, you know, four years of Spanish. We were like, we're set, we're, we're, gonna, we're on our way. We get down to Tijuana, we had one problem. This person who knew four years of Spanish didn't know any construction Spanish. Didn't, didn't, we had no words for wheelbarrow, you know, saw, hammer, let alone tile cutter, drill bit, you know, grout, all of that. We were like, we can't, we can't, act, we don't know how to ask for anything. We're like, you know, acting everything out. Wheelbarrow, you know, stuff, turn over. You know, it was very frustrating for a while until we finally found somebody to, that could uh, relay on that different vocabulary. Very frustrating. Parents, you, you know, if, if you're a new parent, you know what that's like. When you, you know, you have that baby and, and learning that baby language and the baby learning any language, you know, for a while that, you know, they point and go, uh, 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 and that, you know, that works pretty well. It works good, yeah, follow that finger. Though I like to do that to my grandson, just point another finger and see, he, that, he doesn't really like that. But, but, uh, but then, but you have that problem, you know, there's always those moments that come up frequently where they have that look on their face and they're trying to communicate and you don't know what is it they're trying to say? Is it, do your, does their, are they in pain? Does their ear hurt? Or do they just want to go to Culver's for some frozen custard? Or, or they want to go to Culver's for some frozen custard to put in their ear? You're, you know, you really... It is frustrating, and it's so delightful. You remember as a parent when finally, you know, they can talk and tell you where it hurts and what they want, and then, of course, they, they don't stop talking. But that's a whole other thing. <coughs> Back in Jerusalem, all of these pilgrims are there. And it must have been exciting for them to finally be in Jerusalem. Most of them probably had never been there before in their life. They've made this pilgrimage. It's a wonderful thing. They're at the holy city. But nobody speaks my language. So in some sense, they're not really a part of the community. 
And after a while, it had to be kind of lonely. And it had to certainly be frustrating. And it's in the midst of that that they hear this commotion. And they hear all of these guys talking in their language. And, and, and this person's language and, and that person's language, everybody is hearing the language of their hometown. The barrier's broken. The walls of separation come down. They hear this huge commotion and they hear the good news of Christ in their own language. No longer are they unable to communicate. Now they hear and they understand. And the church is born. A new community created by the Holy Spirit there on the spot. And a little further in Acts, it tells us on that day, 3,000 were added to the faith. Now there is a profound and practical teaching for us about the nature of the Holy Spirit in this story. For, of course, the Holy Spirit is not the only spirit in town. There's team spirit, school spirit, team spirit. What about them cubs? The zeitgeist, the spirit of the age. But there's also spirits of darkness, you know, spirit of the mob, for instance, and yet other dark spirits that often masquerade in, in shiny clothing. How do we discern what's from the Holy Spirit or when the Holy Spirit is on the scene, and how do we discern when it's a different kind of spirit? Well, the story of Pentecost gives us a clue. The Holy Spirit is always about creating community. Always. The Holy Spirit is always tearing down walls of separation. The Holy Spirit is always furthering the conversation, always increasing the dialogue between individuals, communities, and nations. In that sense, I think that kind of what we see, what's going on with the Obama administration right now, trying to reach out, repair small bridges, this kind of thing seems to be very much in line with the Holy Spirit. But on the other hand, any spirit that promotes divisiveness is not from the Holy Spirit. Whether it's between individuals or in the church or the community, nation, or elsewhere. So for example, when that little voice inside of you says, I am not going to speak to that guy anymore. Or that voice says, I'm done with her. That's it. That voice is not the voice of the Holy Spirit. It might very well be the voice of a wounded pride. It might be the voice of a broken heart. And you might have a legitimate beef. That that's very well may be true. But it is not the voice of the Holy Spirit. That voice comes to you a little bit later and says, no. God wants community. God wants there to be no separated bonds between us. God wants healing in broken relationships. And that's 
what the Holy Spirit is all about. It's always moving to repair, to grow community, to tear down walls of separation, and to end loneliness. We hear them in our own language. Can you imagine the joy that those pilgrims had? How they must have felt on that first Pentecost, finding, like finding a sister, a brother from a faraway land, speaking to them. Each of us has our own language as well. I'm not just talking about English here or German or whatever our native language might be. But there's a language of the heart. The words of the deep places. The Holy Spirit speaks that language too. Connecting our hearts to God, connecting us heart to heart. Would you pray with me now from that place? where that deep language of yours lives in your heart. Holy Spirit, we ask that you tear down the walls that separate us. Speak to us in our own language of our heart's home. Bind us into one community, speaking one language of faith, and in all those places, and you know them well, in our personal lives, where the lines of communication have broken down, and there are people that we are not speaking to, come, Holy Spirit, and repair them. For we have forgotten how. And the gulf seems so difficult to cross. And yet we know that you want us to be the one to reach out first. As you reached out to us in Jesus Christ, as you sent your Holy Spirit to make us community, may we ourselves, by your power, be creators of community and builders of of relationships in our own lives. Amen.
At this time, we're going to ask uh, graduating seniors if they would come up. They've been uh, in our community uh, for a while, these guys and gals. And uh, today we want to recognize this milestone in their life and the beginning of something new. So we've got some gifts for you, and we also want to hear from you. So. Hi, Liz and Sean. Uh, I was just reflecting that we were just, I was just up here a week or two ago with the confirmation class, and I had a pleasure of being in book. Sean and Liz for that. Liz was our sole girl, so I was really proud of her. We had seventh voice and Liz that year. But I was thinking when we um, have them come up, we give them uh, a study Bible to keep and um, be a tool. And today we give you the message as another tool to equip you as you guys head on to the next phase. And just want to let you know that we will continue to be in our thoughts and prayers. And we thank you for all that you guys have done because when you join the church, you commit to serving, and both of you have done a great job of that in a variety of ways, from singing in the choir to taking time to serving in the sound uh, system. So thank you for that. And we just want to give you guys a chance to share with the uh, congregation what your next step is. So we'll let you start on this is Liz, Lauren. <coughs> um, next year, I'm going to be attending the University of Missouri. Um, I'm going to be studying video and television production. Hopefully, we become like an editor. Um, I'm also doing Martin Man next year. I'm going to the Rose Hallman Institute of Technology in Terra, Indiana. Doing something with engineering and engineering. Thanks, We wish you the best and Godspeed, you guys. <laughs> so we gather around the table um, of our Lord and Savior. We lift up um, and share with God our, our, our concerns and joys for the community of faith here. Um, First of all, I'd like to uh, say that I am not supposed to be standing up here now. Uh, Beth Fries-Dammers is, but Beth called this morning, and she is very sick, so she's not here. We'll remember her in prayers. Uh, Roxanne DeApril is having knee surgery on June 3rd. Um, Pete Eddington um, has discovered that his work future is uh, more uncertain even than many others. His company's been sold, and he may be laid off or transferred to Atlanta. We certainly hope that, that neither one of those are true. Um, Carol Spittler um, received news for a biopsy and she has been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer um, and she's going to be starting chemotherapy very soon. Um, Carol's spirits are good, her faith is very strong, but uh, obviously this is very serious and we want to keep her in our prayers. Uh, our office assistant, some of you have, have met uh, Kristen Sterling, who's been with us for a while. Uh, Kristen had an emergency uh, heart surgery on Sunday and set a new record for the amount of time that she was in surgery at Elmhurst Hospital. Um, I talked to her with her yesterday. She's recovering well. Um, she must be feeling better. She was watching the Cubs. Um, she's expected to be out of intensive care, I think, to, today or tomorrow, and then uh, home in about a week, and then another 
uh, while of rehabilitation from then. Um, joys to share with you. Um, of course, new members, uh, Chris and Amanda Ward. Um, I want to lift up all of our graduating senior high, some here in, in the next service, Brendan Carney, as well as Sean and uh, Liz, Nick Keller, Clayton Menconi, Brandon Mola, Zachary Price, and Glenn Taylor. Um, and then to, to share with you, I don't know if you knew that, that um, young C.J. Pleiter has been dealing with some migraine headaches for quite a while, several weeks, and at last he is headache-free. We celebrate that. Um, and Colleen Doyle, another child of the congregation, uh, is engaged, so we thought you might want to know that. And flowers today are in loving memory of Bob Deidelhoff. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for the gathered community where we can be prayed for and pray for others, where your spirit is always at work to bind us more and more together. In this place, we are bound together across socioeconomic divides across age barriers, all of the different ways. Those are meaningless to you. Help us to hear one another, to learn to forgive one another, to forgive ourselves. You've heard the names of all here that are struggling, whose lives are uncertain, whose health is uncertain. We pray for them. We celebrate the new beginnings of our graduating seniors. We are excited about where your Holy Spirit is leading them yet, where they will serve in the world and in your church. Loving God, in our own lives, we pray that your Holy Spirit come and dwell and take up life in us, that there may be fire in our hearts, that there might be a spirit of reconciliation in the way that we live our lives. This we pray. As we pray together, the prayer that your Son taught us, saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And so now I welcome you to this, the table of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's a table that we gather around. From the beginning, the church has been about community, gathering around 
this sacred meal to be reminded that around every meal that we share in, Christ is there, drawing us more and more deeper and deeper into community, fighting all that would separate us, gathering us around this bread and this cup, reminding us the price that was paid for this community, Jesus' own death upon the cross, and reminding us that Christ is here now as we eat this meal, and that a day is coming when we will all be gathered, all of those that have gone before and those who will come after in time, all who have believed, will gather around one great table in heaven, in that community, there will be no division, no heartbreak, no loneliness. Come, eat this meal. Come be filled by God's Spirit. And so the scripture tells us that on the night in which he was betrayed, in the midst of supper with his disciples, Jesus took a piece of bread and giving thanks for it, he broke it. And he handed it to them, saying, This is my body, broken for you. Take eat in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took a cup and he poured it for them, saying, this is the new covenant in my blood, shed for the remission of sins. As often as you drink it, do so in remembrance of me. Now as you go from this place, you go out into the world as God's community. You go out to be God's destructor of walls, builder of bridges, healer of relationships. You don't go alone. That work is hard, and God would never send you to do that by yourself. You go in the power of the Holy Spirit, but go. That is your calling, and know that the love of God, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit are with you now and always. Amen.